Isaiah 55. Come, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters, and you without money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money on what is not food, and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and you will enjoy the choicest of foods. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you will live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The promises are sure to David. Since I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples, so you will summon a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you will run to you, for the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will freely forgive. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up. And instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. It will make a name for the Lord and an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. Just flip over your sheet if you're following it to Matthew 13. Starting at verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a large net thrown into the sea. It collected every kind of fish, and when it was full, they dragged it ashore, sat down, and gathered the good fish into containers, but threw out the worthless ones. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out, separate the evil people from the righteous, and throw them into the blazing furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I might just quickly pray for our pastor. Lord, thank you for the word um, that you give to us today, that we can read it so freely. Um, we pray for our pastor Paul, that um, he will bring your word faithfully to us. Thank you for his gifts in teaching and pastoring us. Help us to be thankful for your word tonight. Amen. Thanks, Brian. I'm going to begin tonight by quoting C.S. Lewis. It's on the screen for you. Rach, could you just press the next slide? Next one. Hear what he says. Jesus is either of all importance or of no importance. One thing he can't be is relatively important. He hasn't left that option open to us. Isn't that a challenging quote? He's either all important or of no importance. He's saying Jesus is your everything. He can't be your something. He says that Jesus is of infinite value. He's not just of some value. Isn't that what we just sung tonight? Alleluia, all I have is Christ. Alleluia, Jesus is 
Jesus is my life. On the altar of our praise, let there be no higher name than Jesus, Son of God. If we're honest, if I was to ask you tonight, what do you value most? What's most important in your life? What do you say? I'm sure you'd say that Jesus is on your importance list. But is he most important? Is he top of your importance list? Is he, is he far and away top of your importance list? Nothing else comes close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me take an extreme example. This is, this is an extreme example. If you had no job, no family, no possessions, poor health, but you had Jesus Christ, would you say that was enough? That's what we're grappling with tonight, with the, the worth of following Jesus, the infinite value of knowing Jesus, why Jesus is worth everything. We're in Matthew 13, we're working through these parables. There are eight parables in this chapter, and they're all about the kingdom of heaven. By that phrase, kingdom of heaven, Jesus just means uh, living with Jesus now. Life with Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. Uh, the first four powers we looked at the last couple of weeks are, are, are spoken to the crowds. We've, we've had the, the sower and the seed. We've had the wheat and the weeds. We've had the, uh, what else we had? We have had, let me look at all my notes. We've had the mustard seed. We've had the yeast. And, and they're all spoken to the crowds. But Jesus then goes into a house. He's now talking to the church, to his disciples. And tonight, we've got four powers. I've made a decision tonight. We're just going to focus on the first two because I think they're too important. We need to understand this truth. Let's look at the first two powers. They're on the screen again. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. So you've got a man, he's a farmer, he, he's just working in the field. He doesn't own the field. And one day he's digging away and his spade hits something solid and he struck, literally he struck gold. And, and he spots it straight away. Wow, this is treasure. And so he, he reburies it. There's not a comment on the ethics of hiding things. It's a comment on, on how precious this treasure is. And he thinks, I really must have this. But the only way to have it is to, to buy the whole field. So off he goes with joy. Look at that. In his joy, he goes home and he thinks, okay, what can I sell to buy that field? So he sells, I don't know, his CD collection. But that's not enough. So he sells his bike and he sells his clothes and he sells his beloved guitar. And he still hasn't got enough. So... He puts the for sale side outside and he sells his whole house. And he goes and buys that field. Not reluctantly, but joyfully. Because that treasure, that gold is so precious to him. Isn't that an extraordinary parable? A, a man just stumbles across some treasure. He's not looking for it, but he stumbles across it. And once he's found it, he is so confident that treasure is worth everything. Uh, the second story, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And when he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had 
and he bought it. And this time it's a merchant, so he's an expert in precious jewels. He's, he's spent his whole life looking for precious jewels. He's a wealthy man. And one day he's at his work, at his job, looking for jewels, looking for jewels, looking for jewels, and then he spots it. This priceless, precious pearl that is ridiculously perfect. And as Master Card would say, it is priceless. And he's got to have it. And so he just rushes out and he sells his stocks, he sells his shares, he sells his computer, he sells his sound system, he sells his investment property, he sells his golf club, he sells his boat, he sells his jewels. And he even puts up the sign on his McMahon's Point mansion. And he's just confident. There's no sense of gamble, no dependence on the markets. He just has to have this pearl. And you imagine his family, you imagine his friends, you imagine his neighbors saying, this guy has lost it. But it's worth it. And again, another extraordinary power. This, this man is searching for it. And when he finds it, he's confident it's worth everything. And Jesus says that is what the kingdom of heaven is like. That is what it's like to follow Jesus. That's what it's like to live for Jesus. That is what it's like to know Jesus Christ. It's a treasure. It is priceless. It is worth it. Do you spot a couple of things in these two stories? There are different ways they find the treasure. But they've both got this confidence that it's of great value and they, they make crazy decisions to grab hold of it. That's what we're looking at tonight. Jesus is saying knowing Jesus, following Jesus, living for Jesus is so precious it's so valuable, it has infinite worth that you do everything you possibly can to grab hold of it and hold on to it and the joy that comes when you've got it. So first is like the, the different ways of discovering Jesus. A, a short point, a, a side point if you want, but it's important that it's not one size fits all. I mean, he had a labor in a field. He was not looking for it. He just stumbled across it. But when he spots it, he knows he struck gold. And I know people who come to faith that way. A friend of mine in the UK, he, is, he was a Hindu working in the city in London. He just followed the people into a church one Tuesday lunchtime in the city. He didn't know what he was going to listen to, but he just went to church. One sermon, one gospel presentation, he was miraculously converted. That is 35 years ago. He just stumbled across Jesus Christ. In my church in Hampstead in London, a, a man called Tim walked into church one Sunday night. He heard the music. He came into church. No church background at all. Three sermons. Three gospel talks. He became a believer. He just stumbled across Jesus. We've got a lady at our 645 church who comes from a Muslim background. She walked into church with uh, a boyfriend and she heard about Jesus, and she's now following Jesus, just stumbling across Jesus. Uh, the, the, the pearl merchant in his parable, he spent his whole life looking at pearls, and, and there are people like that, aren't they? Who are searching and searching and searching and wanting an explanation and wanting a purpose to life, and they're looking at the Bible all the time. A friend of mine called Sarah, she's a pastor's kid, and she spent her whole life in church. Uh, she rebelled and left home and stopped in the church, but she kept on reading her Bible. When she had kids, she read Bible stories, and, and then God grabbed hold of her, and she's now walking with Jesus. 
got another friend called James who studied theology at university, three years studying theology, three years day in, day out into the Bible. He left university as an unbeliever. But then one day, God grabbed him. And everything he had learned suddenly made sense once he found Jesus. It's a very simple point, but there are different ways. One stumbles across Jesus, one is searching for Jesus. But both need to find that treasure. And I find that encouraging because all of you have got a different story. Some of you were searching, some just stumbled. And I find that encouraging because as I think of my friends, I've got some friends who have a church background and they know their Bible so well, but they don't know Jesus yet. And I've got other friends who... They've never been into church, never thought about Jesus. They're so disinterested, but it doesn't matter whether they're stumbling or searching, God can grab hold of them, and they need to find Jesus. The different ways of discovering Jesus. But this is the main point of the sermon, the infinite value of finding Jesus. The infinite value of finding and following Jesus. I think it's, is it loyal who says, because you're worth it? These parables are saying that Jesus is really worth it. If I said to you, what is the value of this treasure? What is the value of the kingdom of heaven? What is the value of Jesus Christ to you? My fear is that most of us just automatically jump to that last day. Jesus is all about, you know, escaping hell. Jesus is all about your eternity with God. And of course that is true, and we'll touch on that in a minute, but, but for the farmer and for the merchant, the treasure was not about future, it was about the present, it was about the now, it was about the today. And it's the same with your relationship with Jesus. If your relationship with Jesus is all about just the last day and the get-out-of-hell card, if you neglect and downplay the value of Jesus today, your walk with God will be woefully inadequate and disturbingly dry. So what does Jesus offer us now? What are the the blissful benefits of following Jesus? Why is he really worth it? Why is he a treasure? I'm going to focus on a few things. They all begin with the letter P just because they're memorable. P is the easiest letter in the alphabet to alliterate with, if you didn't know that. (laughs) What's the worth of Jesus? Just listen to this. A pardon from God. Remember when Jesus saw the paralytic? He said, what, son, your your sins are forgiven. Micah 7, verse 18, who is a God like you who pardons sin? Isn't that the most glorious truth about Jesus? That your sins, that your rebellion, that your self-centeredness and my independence from God that cuts me from my maker and robs me of that intimacy with God, my sin, which I could do nothing about, has been pardoned, forgiven, wiped clean in the person of Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin (laughs) became sin for us. Isn't that why we sing, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. Today my sins are forgiven. Today your sins are forgiven. Today you're not guilty. Today you're pardoned. Today God's wrath has been turned away because of Jesus. You ever read Pilgrim's Progress? If you haven't, can I recommend you do that? There's a scene in the book where Christian, he's carrying his burden of guilt on his back and he finally, he finally sees the cross. 
And he thinks, could this be? Could my burden be lifted? Could my guilt be taken? And that refreshment and relief that in Jesus his sins are forgiven. That's of infinite value, isn't it? Uh, and some of us here need to go back to the cross, back to Jesus on the cross, and to leave your burden of sin and leave your guilt there. Stop trying to carry it through life because he's taken it all. And other, other people here tonight need to actually recapture just what it means to be pardoned because you take it for granted. Now, if that was the only benefit, the only worth, the value of Jesus, that would be a treasure, wouldn't it? Pardon from sin. What about this one? Peace with God. Romans 5 verse 1, since we've been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You no longer walk in hostility. You're not an enemy of God. You're a friend of God. You have peace with your maker. You have access to your heavenly father. You can talk to God in prayer. You can relate to him. You can bring all your petitions to him. You have peace with your maker because of Jesus. That's great value, isn't it? You have pardon, you have peace, you have the presence of God with you. And the old hymn, Great is Your Faithfulness, Pardon for Sin, and a Peace that Endureth, Thine Own Dear Presence to Cheer and to Guide. Because of this treasure, because of Jesus Christ, God is saying, I am going to dwell in you. I'm going to live in you. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. I'll always be with you. I will renew you. I will lead you. I will hold on to you. But that treasure of Jesus, that, he, that God is your helper, he's your guide, he's your comforter, he is always with you. Emmanuel, God with us. What a treasure that is. Pardon from God, peace with God, the presence of God, the protection by God. I love Psalm 46. God is our strength and our refuge a very present help in times of trouble, a shelter in the storms of life. He never promises to protect you from suffering or to cocoon you from trials and hardships, but he does promise that he'll always be there with you as your shelter in the time of storm. The pardon, the presence, the protection, the peace, the power of God, the power of God to help you to live the Christian life. Not, not a sinless life. Not a perfect life. But the power to keep battling with your sin. Because Jesus has paid it all. And his spirit lives in you. Another benefit is the people of God. You belong to a church. A family. We are the body of Christ. Christ is our head. But we are the body. And I know that we're flawed. And I know that we're sinful. I know that we're ugly. But one of the great treasures of, of this knowing Jesus is actually you belong to a family called a church. You ever done that? Ever moved overseas as a believer? You can walk into a church and immediately you've got a family. Wow. What about the purpose? Now, who are you? Why are you here? What's the point of life? When you found Jesus, you have a purpose, don't you? In his book, Feel, Robbie Williams wrote this. I'm desperately restless. <laughs> From Jesus to Robbie, it's okay. <laughs> I'm desperately restless, lonely, rootless, and lost. 
See, money can't buy everything, can it? Jesus said, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? There's a man who needs a purpose, needs to find Jesus. You've got a pardon, you've got peace, you've got the presence of God, the protection of God, you've got a purpose. And you've got a place. A place in heaven. That is the future. These two little parables were preceded by the wheat and the weeds, and they're followed by this power of the net in verse 47. The kingdom of heaven is like a large net thrown into the sea. And remember, he's talking about the church now, not just the world. So the sea is the church. And it's collected every kind of fish. So from the shark to the shrimp, everybody is caught in this net. And when it was full on judgment day, it was dragged ashore and a deliberate, purposeful gathering and sifting and separation. The good fish are not morally good, but good because they are right with God. They're put in the containers, and, and, and then the, the worthless ones, oh, they've been in church all their lives, but they've never really had a relationship with Jesus. On that last day, they'll be thrown into hell where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, that's the gl- glorious worth of infinite value that you can be here tonight confident that on that judgment day when the net is drawn in and when the sifting happens that you are good fish because you know and love Jesus. See the value of Jesus? Pardon, peace, presence, power, protection, purpose, people, place. Isn't that a pearl of great price? And maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus. You've never discovered the treasure called Jesus Christ. Maybe you're carrying your own burden, your own guilt. Maybe you're looking for purpose. Maybe you're just weary and heavy laden. Jesus said, come to me. That's the treasure. Maybe you're here tonight and you have just such a very monochrome, shallow view of Jesus where he's just your your last day saviour. You just look again at this pearl. See it shine. Fall in love with Jesus. Maybe you remember a time years ago when all those P's were true for you, pardon, presence, protection, but today, today that's a, a distant memory. If that is you, can I encourage you to go home tonight and to write an inventory. List all the benefits of knowing Jesus. Rediscover that treasure. The infinite value finding and following Jesus and let's finish tonight with a radical cost because there is a cost the radical cost of following Jesus when, when you realise how Jesus, how precious Jesus is when you realise what Jesus is offering y- you get this desire and this passion and this drive just to, to hold on to him and to own him and to live by him uh, the person who found the treasure sold everything to get it the person who found the pearl sold everything to get it because what it means to know Jesus. Following Jesus is not something that you do with part of your life. It's not you slot him into your diary. He is the most important thing, the defining thing, and the things that really matters. All I need is Christ. Jesus is my life. Do you remember when Jesus met the, the rich young ruler? And the rich young ruler says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Go. And sell everything. 
and he went away sad. Did you spot that in this parable, the farmer's not told to sell everything? He actually wants to sell everything. The merchant's not told to sell everything, but he actually wants to sell it. He voluntarily sells everything because he just wants Jesus. And there's no hint of sadness. It's pure joy. And that is the difference. If you've met Jesus, if you've encountered this priceless treasure called Jesus Christ, then you will want to make those hard, costly decisions for Jesus. I'm not pretending it's easy. I'm not pretending it's not costly. But when you see the true value of knowing and following Jesus Christ, nothing else really matters. So let me ask you again, what's the most important thing in your life? I'm not asking, is Jesus important to you? But is he the most important thing? What do you put above Jesus? Maybe for you it's popularity. You know, your reputation, your friendships, what people think of you, that's more important than Jesus. If popularity is, your, is top of your list, let me let you into a little secret. That Jesus Christ is a, a much better friend than any human being will ever be. People let you down. People hurt you. Jesus never will. He's with you every minute, every day. Your rock, your fortress, your salvation. What a friend you have in Jesus. If possessions are top of your list, because that's a temptation for all of us, isn't it? Property, prosperity, possessions. You've got to believe that all this treasure on earth, it will rust, it will break, it will be thrown away, or you'll die and leave it behind. But Jesus is your true treasure. Your profession is top of your list. If your worth, your security is, is in your career, Jesus is not saying you must give up your jobs for him, but, but he might ask you to do that. He might just ask you to do that. If your job is stopping you from following Jesus as your, your, your top priority, pleasure, that temptation to be happy all the time, let me t- again let you into a secret, the biggest buzz you'll ever get in life, the biggest high you'll ever get is when you find Jesus. Fading or are the worldly pleasures, but solid joys and lasting treasures are found in Christ. I don't know what's holding you back or top of your list, top of your important list. Family, friends, dating, popularity, career, pride, personal freedom. Do the paper this week, Telegraph on is it Thursday or Friday with Guy Sebastian losing my religion. Isn't that sad? I, I'm not judging him at all. But whatever else he might be saying, he is saying that Jesus is not top of his list anymore. What is top of your list? Don't know how else to say this, but Jesus is worth everything. But following him costs you everything. He didn't say, give me whatever percentage of your mind, soul, body and strength you're comfortable with. He says, give me the whole of you. But again, this parable is slightly different because it's not Jesus commanding us to give him anything. It's us wanting to. It's us desiring to give Jesus everything because he's worth it. I just did a wedding this afternoon. I love that bit in the ceremony when 
the uh, husband and wife say to each other, forsaking all others. Forsaking all others. Now, you don't have to twist their arm to say that. They want to say that. And when you found a treasure in Jesus, you will want to say that. You're my everything. You're my all. I found in my life that God has often had to take things away from me to show me where my true treasure lies. To take the things that have been top of my list away from me. To say, no, no, Jesus is enough. I reckon if you ask this farmer, was the cost worth it? He's had a big smile on his face. He'd say, of course it was worth it. If you ask the merchant, was it worth it? Of course it was. Is following Jesus worth it? Of course it is. Pardon, peace, purpose, protection, power, a place in heaven. But remember, all these powers are actually about the growth of God's kingdom. And when Jesus really is worth it, when he's top of your list, that's going to have a knock-on effect for the growth of the kingdom, isn't it? If I stood here tonight and say, hey, this is true actually, I watched a movie last night, and you said, oh, how was it? I go, oh, it's okay. The plot was okay, acting was average. Yeah, go and see if you want to. I don't think you'd be rushing <laughs> to investigate, would you? But if I said, you know, it was the best movie I've ever seen, you might just go and see it. Same with Jesus. If you treat Jesus as a bit part in your life, then don't be surprised when your friends and family don't want to give him a second look. The different ways of discovering Jesus, the infinite value of following Jesus, the radical cost of following Jesus. Let's finish tonight with the, with the word joy. We've heard it a few times tonight, haven't we? Look at verse 44 again. Then in his, in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has. That's the attitude, not, not the internal angst, but joy, that contentment, that confidence, that exhilaration. Because you found a treasure called Jesus Christ. Here's a tip for you. Following Jesus with your whole heart, mind, soul and strength will not make you a miserable person. Let's tell you who the most miserable people I know are. The half-hearted Christians. They're half-hearted, foot in both camps. They've tasted something of Jesus, but they haven't really seen how precious he is. The priceless joy that you find in Jesus. So what's the answer? Not fake joy, not pretend to be happy. It's finding that pearl again, falling in love with Jesus again, saying, wow. And keep discovering. It's like, it's like a diamond. You know, if you walked home tonight and you found a diamond lying in the gutter. You, know, you look at it from different angles. You see different things. That's like Jesus Christ. Just keep on discovering how beautiful he really is and how priceless he is. Let me pray. Father, we do thank you for the priceless treasure that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that he offers that peace and that pardon, that forgiveness. Father, would you please work in the, the hearts and minds of all of us here that we just see how gloriously valuable and worth it, Jesus is. I'll set for Jesus' sake. Amen.